Tuesday, everyone. Welcome into the first and 30 podcast, your number one destination for the hottest topics from across the NFL. I'm your host, Harris Rubenstein. Thank you guys for joining us for another great week. Man, what an incredible week of football we had. Week 15 of the NFL is officially in the books. We got a lot of things to cover, a lot of questions to answer, a lot more questions to ask because there is a lot of confusion circling around the NFL right now. I am joined by my now departing co-host, Lila the Dog, who seems to be more interested in going outside than actually spending time with me, but... I guess that's just because she's a dog, and that's just kind of what dogs do. So start things off with first and five, talking about Monday Night Football, as we do every single week. Saints-Panthers, what the hell was that? What the hell happened to this matchup? Because initially, a couple weeks ago, this looked like it was going to be one of the best matchups of the season. But now, since the Panthers have decided to go on a six-game losing streak since I pronounced my love for them after they took down the the Buccaneers, this matchup just ended up being a complete crap show. And, you know, I think less about the this is less about the Panthers than it is the Saints because it's very clear that Cam Newton is dealing with some sort of injury here. He's clearly not right. McCaffrey's been on fire the past couple weeks of the season, but they haven't been winning games, so it hasn't really mattered. But yeah, Cam has not looked the same from the first half of the year to the second half of the year. I think he's injured. Maybe it's a neck injury. Maybe it's a back injury. Maybe it's a shoulder. Whatever it is, he is not throwing the ball as well as he was to start the year. And when he was throwing the ball well, they were incredible. They were one of the best teams in the NFL. So shouts to the Panthers for pretty clearly getting Cam Newton hurt again. And also just a six game losing streak is just so pathetic, especially with that defense and with the the weapons that they have on offense. There's no reason why they should ever go on any sort of six game losing streak. But I want to talk about the Saints because with the Saints only winning 12 to nine, I understand that they're, you know, 12 and two and that was a road, you know, division game, whatever. What the hell happened to the Saints? Because, you know, as of, you know, five weeks ago, they beat the Eagles 48-7. to Since then, they beat the Falcons 31-17 to in a game that was way closer than it should have been. They lost to the Cowboys on the road 13-10. to They beat the Buccaneers 28-14, to another game that was way closer than it should have been. And then they just beat the Panthers 12-9. to I don't know how a team with the amount of weapons that the Saints have on offense scores 12 points, but, you know, whatever. Welcome to the NFL in 2018. It's just, what happened to the New Orleans Saints? Now, Drew Brees has obviously not played as well in recent weeks. You know, the, the running game as a whole is kind of slowed down, though. They did carry the ball for 32, 32 carries, 155 yards, and a touchdown last night as a team. So it wasn't terrible. They're actually pretty good, averaging almost five yards a carry. But I, I just, I am flabbergasted how a team could go from rolling over everyone to barely scoring double-digit points against a bad Panthers team, you know, their season on the line. Like, I just don't understand what happened to the Saints offense. And the more I watch them, it's not that Drew Brees has been awful. 
He certainly hasn't been as good, but their receivers on the outside just simply aren't getting open. Michael Thomas is having a great year, but I think we're finally seeing, you know, the lack of a real number two or three option in the pass game really come back and hurt the Saints. I mean, their best receiver, and I'm not going to include Alvin Kamara. Obviously, I know he's a very good receiving back, but let's just ignore Alvin Kamara for a second, okay? Let's just ignore him. The next, the top three receivers that they have on this team, receivers, besides Michael Thomas, go as such. Benjamin Watson with 32 catches, Traquan Smith with 24 catches, and Josh Hill with 14 catches. Not exactly an all-pro receiving core right there after Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. And I think that's what's starting to come back and hurt the Saints. Their lack of depth on offense is really starting to get in the way of their success that they had to start the year. And again, like I said, Michael Thomas is having a career year. You know, 109 catches, almost 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. He's been great. Kamara has been great through the year as well. 77 for 627 and four TDs. The problem is that they don't really have anyone trustworthy after that that they can go to when they need a big catch. Now, Michael Thomas is going to be that guy for you in the playoffs, but as we've seen with a couple of these teams with good defenses, I'm not saying Michael Thomas is easy to shut down, but you can certainly shut down Michael Thomas and have him affect the game in a way that's not going to completely blow up your game plan. I just... The, the death of the Saints offense over the past couple of weeks has been a very, very strange scene because you never, ever would have expected out of any offense in the NFL this year. I think the one that was least likely to sputter out was the New Orleans Saints. And scoring 13, 28, and 12 over a three-week stretch against the Cowboys, the Bucks, and the Panthers, credit all the road. It is strange to see this offense sputter in the way they have. Now, they have two tough games to end the year, one against the Steelers and one against the Panthers. Panthers obviously looking to end the year 8-8. Eight and eight. Steelers looking to make, you know, to solidify their AFC North division title. But, you know, those are two tough games for the for the New Orleans Saints as they run into the playoffs here. Now, they're probably going to end up with a first-round bye. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens with the Saints offense. Are they going to be able to ramp it back up? Are they going to be able to get Drew Brees going again? Can Alvin Kamara get things going on the ground as we head into the playoffs? Because as of right now, this cold streak that they're on, man, they peaked pretty early in the season, and I wonder, I really do wonder if they peaked a little bit too early. All right, let's go on to first and 10 here, and let's talk about the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I want to make one thing very clear. I said at the start of the year that the Patriots are going to finish the season 12-4 and as the number two seed in the AFC. I am now officially wrong about this team, so therefore, any previous opinion I had about them is, is mute, and I will be creating a new opinion about this team from here on out. Is that fair? I think that's fair. I don't think there's any reason to come at me about it, so that's how it's going to stay. Ready? Here's my new opinion about this team. They aren't winning the Super Bowl. They aren't going to make the Super Bowl. And they this team shudders on the road unlike any Patriots team I have seen in a very, very long time. Usually this team going on the road and beating teams is a pride. It's a feather in their cap. It's what they love to do. They love, love, love going into player teams' houses and kicking the crap out of them. Which, to be honest, they easily could have done against the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I have never seen a Tom Brady-led football team struggle against the Pittsburgh Steelers like they did on Sunday afternoon. That had to be one of the most infuriating Patriots games I have watched in my time as a Patriots fan. Seriously, you know, I've always been self-admitted as a Patriots fan on this show, and I understand it can be kind of annoying that I talk about them, but look, th- this team it is so confusing to me. Because they go on this crazy long win streak when the entire offense is based around James White out of the backfield, play action to Josh Gordon and Julian Edelman. And then over the past three weeks, they've just stopped that completely. I said multiple times throughout the year that the offensive MVP of this team is James White. Has been all year, not even close. He has easily been the most consistent offensive threat that they have had all season long. For whatever reason, three of the past four weeks, they simply have not used him, which makes No sense to me, seeing as their leading receiver all year long is Josh Gordon, but he only has 40 catches on the year. It makes no sense to me at all. And I understand that the offensive line's been struggling a little bit. I understand that the Patriots' run defense has been bad also. Look, these things have been issues in the past. They've always been issues in the past. Every Patriots team has always had one issue or another that they'd have to deal with. But what's always been able to cover up the problems has been Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, and this offense. Unfortunately, they have done a pretty shit job this year of being able to cover up the holes on this team. They've been pretty shit at it, at least for the past six weeks. Look, Brady has not looked the same. The running game has not looked the same. Rob Gronkowski does not look like he wants to play football anymore. Josh Gordon does not get engaged for big games, which was a worry for was a worry when they acquired him that he wasn't going to be a big game threat because he never really played in a big game in the NFL. The the running Sony Michelle has been incredibly inconsistent. The offensive line has been incredibly inconsistent. The defensive line doesn't get pressure on the quarterback consistently. The only good unit on this entire team, ironically, is the secondary. The secondary has actually been pretty good, yet this is a secondary that's also given up crazy, crazy amounts of yardage to Blake Bortles and Ryan Tannehill and Josh McCown. Like, I understand that you're going to give up passing yards in the NFL, but there's should be nothing, nothing like what the Patriots are giving up to some of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. This is not a Super Bowl winning team. This is not a Super Bowl winning roster. This is not a Super Bowl winning coaching staff. The only way that this team is going to win a Super Bowl this year is if Tom Brady goes into God mode over the next couple games of the season, which isn't out of this question. This isn't out of the question, but let's be honest. This does not seem seem like a Tom Brady God mode year. It just doesn't. Maybe they're rest and retool, get ready for next year. Look, I've talked a lot about how in pro sports, this team has played an entire half season of football extra than the rest of the NFL over the past 
three years with the amount of playoffs that they've been playing in, with the you know the Super Bowls and the extra weeks and the extra practices. It does add up, and maybe this team is simply just a little burnt out and can't quite make it all the way to the Super Bowl again. Making it to three straight Super Bowls is a crazy crazy thought. Making it to two Super Bowls in a row is a crazy thought. Making it to three in a row might just be too crazy of an ad- of an adventure for a 41-year-old quarterback. And it's very clear to me that he just doesn't seem right right now. And I'm worried about what this team is going to be like going forward. Maybe it is fatigue. Maybe it's coaching fatigue. Maybe Brady's fatigue. Maybe they all have just played too many games of the past two years to keep up with the, 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 I guess the difficulties of a full NFL season. They have certainly, certainly folded down the stretch and the energy level has been wildly lower than it has been in years past, especially especially the past couple weeks on the road, whether it's Tennessee, on the road versus the Jets, on the road versus the Dolphins, and on the road versus Steelers. The energy level is not there, and I think it is because of the fatigue and also because this coaching staff has not been as good this year as they've been in years past. All right, let's go to first and 15. Let's talk about how there's no elite team in the NFL. This is one of the first years, I think I talked about this last week also, this is one of the first years in recent memory that I can recall not having a super team really take over. Usually, usually we have one or two teams that just roll over the entire NFL with little to no issues all season long. Last year, it was the Patriots and the Eagles. You know, a couple of years ago, it was the Panthers. You know, we usually get like one elite team in the regular season. This year, though, we don't really have that. Now, I know that's weird to say that with the Saints staring down a 14-2 record right now, with the Chiefs staring and the Chargers staring down a 13-3 record, but I think that the ways that they have gotten there have certainly been less elite than it's been in years past. No, like the Saints have shown a lot of chinks in their armor. The Chiefs defense, you know, is reminiscent of the late 2000s defenses that, you know, we used to have multiple 5,000 yard passers. Their defense is absolutely terrible with or without Eric Berry. The Chargers have been really good this year, but let's be honest, I'm about as convinced that the Chargers are good as anyone else is. I understand that they've played well. I understand that they just won a big road game, back-to-back road games against the Steelers and the Chiefs, but I'm sorry. I will never be convinced about the Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, until they win a goddamn playoff game. I do not care what the Chargers do in the regular season. You shouldn't care. I don't care. Nobody should care. Until they win a playoff game, nobody should care what the Chargers do. I'm sorry. that We've gone through this way too many times. Phillip Rivers with the great offense and woo, all this stuff. I, I don't believe it. We'll get to the Chargers a little bit later. But one of the best things about the NFL this year has to be the physical amount of parity that we have in the NFL this year. Just, there's so many fun and interesting teams that may not be fantastic, but they're surely, you know, making a run for it at the end of the year here. The Steelers and the Ravens and the Browns are all still in the playoff hunt of the AFC North. The Texans, the Colts, 
and the Titans all still in the playoff on the AFC South. We have the Chargers and the Chiefs battling for the AFC West. In the NFC, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Redskins are still in it. The Bears just won the division, but the Vikings are still gunning for a playoff spot. The Saints are still in it. The Rams and the Seahawks are still in it. We have so much parity this year compared to the past couple years. I think it's great that we don't have like a super elite team this year because I think it makes the playoffs even more exciting. And I talked about this last year also, how exciting of an NFL playoffs we are currently being set up for. This is one of the best on-field play seasons that the NFL has had in a long, long time. And I said at the start of the season with Chad Sports that the NFL desperately, desperately needed a great on-field season for the NFL to distract from a lot of the off-field crap that they've been putting them putting themselves in over the past couple years and they have really succeeded the on-field play has been absolutely taken to another level this year in a really really exciting way the lack of an elite team is a bit concerning however I'm not really too upset about it I actually quite like not having a super elite team in the NFL this year let's go to first and 20 let's keep talking about the charges before we get into our NFL playoff picture update I meant what I said before about how the Chargers are a really fun and exciting team and it's nice to see them, you know, make another run of the playoffs. It's great that Phil Rivers is having an MVP caliber season. It is. It's great. It's great that the Chargers defense is finally up to par to where the offense has been over the past couple of years. It's great to see the Chargers have an offensive line that isn't a complete load of crap and getting Phil Rivers killed every other game. These are all Great things. But excuse me if I'm not exactly convinced about the Los Angeles Chargers at this time. People, I've been watching football for a very, very long time. In fact, at the age of 23, where I am right now, I've been watching football since I was six months old. One of the most common factors from the time I started watching football till now has been the Chargers' inability as a franchise to win big playoff games. Now, sure, they might be able to beat the Titans at home, or maybe they're able to beat the Ravens in a wild card game. But when they have to go up against the Patriots, or the Steelers, or the Chiefs, on the road, big game, they consistently get thrashed. Now, this year is a little bit different because for the first time in a long time, they've actually won some primetime games. They've won some big road games against big competition. They won on the road this year against Seattle. They won on the road this year against Pittsburgh. They won on the road this year against Kansas City. Good for you, Chargers. Now, you can be excited about how well the Chargers are playing while also understanding that it is still very likely that this Chargers team is going to bottom out in the playoffs and end up being a lot worse than you think. And that's what's going to happen, people. Look, I understand that we, we think the Chargers are maybe a Super Bowl caliber team. They certainly have the talent for it. But I want you all to search deep, deep within your souls. And I want you to really consider... Do you actually think the Chargers are going to make the Super Bowl? Really? Like, 
do you have that gut feeling when you watch this team that, yeah, this team is going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Because I still don't. I still see the same old team that has conjured up so many promising seasons that just bottoms out in the playoffs. This team reeks of a divisional round exit. Reeks of one. Absolutely reeks of a divisional round exit. This is every single Chargers team that has ever come around. In fact, Antonio Gates is still there. Still there from all those old Charger teams. I think Phillip Rivers is a fantastic quarterback. I think Melvin Gordon is a fantastic running back. I do not think for a second that this Chargers team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And you can book that. Book it. If they end up as a wild card and they have to play three straight playoff games, road playoff games, to get to the Super Bowl, they're not going to the Super Bowl. If they win the AFC, maybe there's a chance because they'll get a couple home games. Not that their home field is anything sort of an advantage. If they are a wild card and they have to go on the road three times, they might have to go on the road against Pittsburgh, New England, and Kansas City in a row, three weeks straight, there's no way that the Chargers are make it to the Super Bowl. Absolutely not. It's hard enough to be a wild card team, but it's even harder when you're a wild card team that has consistently failed in the playoffs year after year. And I expect nothing less from this Chargers team, who has been one of the worst postseason performers in the NFL since I was born. So, that's going to do it for the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't feel like talking about them anymore. Let's go to our NFL playoff picture update. First and 25. Let's start in the AFC. The Chiefs have officially clinched the playoff spot along with the Chargers. They're both 11-3, though the Chiefs do have the tiebreaker right now at 11-3. They're the one seed in the AFC. They can clinch the AFC West with a win in Week 16, but... Home field advantage will come down to week 17. They got to beat the Raiders, but you know, obviously they're going to do that. Tough game, though, this week against the uh, Seahawks on the road. We'll talk about that in just a minute. The Texans take over the number two spot, but the Patriots losing. They are 10-4. and four. They need to win in week 16. Crazy is that the Texans actually haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. And he could, they could end up missing the playoffs. They lose the last two weeks, and a certain amount of crazy things happen. However... If they win, they clinch a playoff spot. If the Ravens or Steelers lose, they clinch a playoff spot. They win the AFC South with a win and a loss by the Titans and the Colts. And the Patriots, if they lose and the Texans win, they clinch a first-round bye. So we're starting to get to the, the stretch here. They have a tough game against the Eagles uh, in Philly this weekend. Patriots are at the three-seed at 9-5. and five. They beat the Bills on Sunday. They officially lock up the AFC East, but the only way they will end up with a home playoff, or excuse me, with a first round bye is if the Texans lose one of their next two games and the Patriots win out. So certainly not a absolute in terms of the Patriots making a first round bye. Hi, Lila. My favorite co-host has returned from her coffee shop adventure. Ah, thank you for the kiss, Lila. I appreciate that. Let's go to the number four seed in the AFC. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers at 8-5-1. 
coming off that crazy win against the New England Patriots last Sunday. They have a huge game against the Saints this coming weekend. The Ravens, if they win this weekend and the Steelers lose in New Orleans, the Ravens actually take over the top spot in the AFC North. However, they go up against the Los Angeles Chargers. Big game for the six-seed Ravens as they currently sit at 8-6 and six, trying to fight off the Colts and the Titans. The Ravens control their own destiny. If they win out here, they will make the playoffs and could win the AFC North as well. If the Steelers aren't careful, they could lose this game, fall to 8-6-1, and one, and drop out of the playoffs altogether if the Ravens beat the Chargers and the Colts win. So... The Steelers, even with beating the Patriots, are not out of the hunt yet. They still have to do a lot of work before they get in. So, it's going to be a big weekend. And the Chargers already clinch a playoff spot as the 5 seed. They take on the Ravens, like I said. If the Chiefs lose and the Chargers win, the Chargers will take over the AFC West and the number 1 spot in the AFC. Let's go to the NFC. The Saints have officially clinched both the playoff spot and... They've also clinched a home playoff game at 12-2. and two. They also clinched the NFC South, so great for them. The number one seed, likely New Orleans Saints. They could head into the playoffs at either 14-2 and two or 13-3. and three. You have the Los Angeles Rams at 11-3. They've also won their division. Good for them. Or have they won their division at their 11-3 with two games left? Yes, they have. They've already won their division. That's what the Z means. They have a 100% chance of making the playoffs. But they might not get home field advantage after losing to the, the Eagles on Sunday night. The Saints just simply have to win out. Actually, uh, no, they only have to win one more game in Week 16 or 17 because they already beat the Rams. Let's go to the three seed, the Chicago Bears, at 12 and four. Maybe the most exciting uh, division winner this year. I don't probably the most surprising, but also the most fun. I love what the Bears have shown this year. I talked about them a lot last week. I'm going to talk about them a lot as we head into the playoffs. But NFC North champions, the Chicago Bears, tough defense. That's going to be a really tough place to go on the road in the playoffs and win. They're likely not going to end up with a first round bye, but if the Rams, you know, falter, they're at the Cardinals this weekend. Obviously, that they're probably not going to lose that game. But if the Rams do falter over the next couple weeks, maybe the Bears slide right in. Cowboys at number four, coming off the shutout against the Colts. They're still at eight and six, and in uh, pole position for the NFC East. They're still likely going to win the division, but you know, you actually have to win the division. Ironically, I said the Cowboys are going to end up as an 8-8 eight eight football team. Right now, they're 8-6. and six. Maybe they end up at 8-8. Eight eight. Maybe they end up at 9-7. We'll see what happens to the Cowboys the last couple games of the season. The Seahawks have all but so, you know, short up a playoff spot for them. However, the Idiots lost to the San Francisco 49ers on the road, so they have not officially clinched a playoff berth yet, but they have one more victory over the last two games. They have a tough game this week at home against the Chiefs, but Week 17, they take on the Cardinals, which most likely means an instantaneous win. The Vikings are at 7-6-1 as the sixth seed, and that is where we stand right now with the NFL playoff hunt. A little bit short of an episode. Let me go through my first and 30 picks for this upcoming week. I have the Ravens at plus 4.5. Give me the Ravens over the Chargers. I like that line a lot. I think Lamar Jackson is going to cause the Chargers some fits. I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with them. Let's go with the Bears minus four. I have no idea how the Chicago Bears are only 
four-point favorites on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. I get the Niners just one, but they literally cannot afford to win more games if they want a high enough draft pick. And then I also have the Seahawks at plus two and a half against the Chiefs. I think they're going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs this upcoming weekend. The Seahawks are really tough team to beat in December at home. So give me Russell Wilson. Give me the Seattle Seahawks. I've seen enough teams go in there and completely blow up on the road. And don't, and don't, hey, watch out for Patrick Mahomes in another late game situation. He's folded the past couple times, performed well for the Chiefs in their overtime uh, game. He wasn't great finishing against the Chargers, but Watch out for Patrick Mahomes on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to be it for me today. Thank you guys for listening to the First and 30 podcast. We'll be back with you guys for next Tuesday. We preview week 17 in the NFL. But for now, we'll see you.